Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos al centésimo <laughs> episodio de Uy, qué horror, Latinx Horror Movie Podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. We're 100. We're fucking old. <laughs> fucking old. No, no, no. Because no? this is only what we have within us. Ah. We are only a two-year-old baby. We are. We're not there yet. That's in October. Todavía no falta. Yes. Entonces, just because we're 100, that means we have wisdom. <laughs> that means we have growth inside us. That doesn't mean we're old. Once we get to happy birthday, we're two, then maybe we can talk about being old. Then we're creaky old brujas. But on the outside, youthful, radiant moisturized uh, moisturized <laughs> how do you feel hydrated and blessed great how do you feel i honestly i'm like wow i cannot believe it i remember when yeah. we were celebrating like remember when you we were like how do you say 20th in spanish vigésimo yeah Um, I can't even remember what episode it was. We picked a good one for that. But Alucarda. Alucarda, puta. That feels like yesterday to me. I know. Not too long ago, we were shut down in our houses and we couldn't leave. Yeah, which, you know, basically how this incredible project was birthed. The catalyst of this thing we're doing. Yeah, so I feel incredulous like i'm like because listen i am a gemini and i have trouble finishing things and here we are at 100 holy fucking shit so i'm very proud and for this occasion we've decided we got to celebrate with a drink this is literally the first thing i've ingested all fucking day so get ready for a bonkers ass episode everybody i had a sandwich i was <laughs> like i will be a professional woman because we plan to have a beverage in this episode mm -hmm. and i was like god forbid because also because it's 100 we're splitting the movie that we mm -hmm. picked mm -hmm. so johnny's gonna go first and i'm gonna go last and i was like god forbid we get to me and i'm like <laughs> and those you know what cheers to us I've got a delightful mimosa. Salud. Ding. Bang. How do we do this? Bing, bang, Ding. bong. <laughs> Bing, bang, boom. I also have a mimosa, but it's in a can. Just in case people forget, we don't live oh, in the same place, so we record separately. So we literally just toasted our cell phones. Through the phone. That's how we yeah. did it. <laughs> so, okay. We've got a good one for our listeners today. This is a movie that's been referred to a few times we've had a couple people be like you should do this movie and uh, not too long ago when we did our episode on mimic our very lovely guest Addie Haggerty she was like oh my god this movie holy shit my mom wouldn't let me watch it because they va a dar pesadillas <laughs> and you know what maybe back in the 80s that was the case this time around maybe not so much but Nah. Man, this was a fun one. This was a fun movie, I think. This was so much fun. And I can look, it came out in the late 80s. It is 89. 89. It has become a cult classic. She is <laughs> low budge and super ridiculous. But if I were a kid watching this, first of all, I would love it. I would be oh my obsessed God, totally. and probably scared. Cut to us pushing 40 and I'm like, 
just giggling away as I'm watching it. Oh, you know, absolutely loving every second. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think this is low budge for the '80s. I just oh. think this is '80s. If we're talking about who made it and who's in it, I don't think this is that low budge. You're totally right. I guess what I mean is like the quality. Like you watch this on Facebook. I had watched it on YouTube. Like, yeah, well, I mean, you can find it easily, but it's not good quality. That's all I'm saying. Like it's. And we apologize here now because obviously we're going to let you know the Friday before that the movie is out. So the one that we give you, I mean, there are no options with subtitles. So our bad. All we have is what we have. And um, either way, they're all kind of fuzzy. The sound. A lot of times I was like, yo no sé lo que dijo esa señora. I just wrote Ask Eileen. But let's tell everybody what we watched and what we're talking about today. So we, <laughs> the movie we're talking about today is Vacaciones de Terror from Mexico, 1989. A fucking cult classic written by René Cardona III, Santiago Galindo, and Carlos Valdemar, and directed by René Cardona III. We have now completed this family's legacy in this podcast. The Cardona Trilogy. <laughs> We truly have, because, ladies and gentlemen, the Cardonas, the OG Cardona, René Cardona, Cuban director, he did Santa Claus, which we did back in the day, our first Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. And then his son, René Cardona Jr., did, God bless it, Tintorera, which is... Mm -hmm. uh, and fucking uh, Beaks, dude, the man. And Beaks. Which featured our director, René Cardona III, as an actor in it. Very oh, briefly, fuck. he's the one that looked like Fidel Castro. ¿No te acordás? Absolutely, I do. Yes, on the train. And so now here we are with René Cardona III with his vacaciones de terror. Here we are. I'm so excited. So <laughs> before we get a lovely synopsis from you... How about you subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review because you love us. Especially and... now for the 100 eps, Please, man. as a celebration, have a mimosa and then give us five and stars. click subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about we get a synopsis from you? How about we do some titulos de terror before yes. we do that? Okay, let's do titulos de terror first. Since we're splitting this up. We're both doing it. Yeah. Why don't you go first? I would love to hear what yours is. So this movie features one of my least favorite things, which is a fucking possessed doll. Mm -hmm. So I was like, who's the most famous possessed doll of all? Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> who's the most famous possessed, possessed doll, doll of all of them all? <laughs> and it is Chucky. And Absolutely. so I was like, OK, let's go child's play. What was child's play around the Latin American world? And pretty simply in the... Spanish-speaking countries, we have Chucky, el muñeco diabólico. Pretty simple. Which, honestly, like, isn't that just what it is now? Like, even when it was called Child's Play, people were just like, the Chucky movie. Y en Brasil, en Portugués, lo llamaban Brinquedo Asesino, The Killer Toy. Love. I love that so much. This Brinquedo Asesino is burnt into my brain because... 
Chucky for me is what began my fear of dolls when I saw on SBT, which is one of the channels in Brazil, where they showed the fucking commercial for Chucky, where they were like, at 8 p.m. tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be featuring Child's Play or <laughs> Brinquedo Assassino. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with that fucking thing? <laughs> but you, Fuck it to hell. You were... <laughs> You were how like how old when you saw that? Like eight or oh nine, maybe. Oh my god! Of course, I and love it. Literally, <laughs> like the commercial where you see Chucky like freak out and like try and go for the mom, and I was like, "No, esa mierda, come mierda." <laughs> Meanwhile, no. cut to me also in Brazil at that time, being like, "Chucky, give it to me." One, two. I remember being in Brazil when uh, Chucky. I'll just call it fucking Chucky Three came out and watching it with like a bunch of my friends. Way too young, but just thrilled. Thrilled. All right. So I also picked a Titulos de Terror. And this movie, Vacaciones de Terror, kind of gave me like Cabin in the Woods vibes, you know, going to the middle of nowhere. So I picked The Evil Dead, like original Evil Dead, which, by the way, according to IMDb, I never knew this, but the working title of The Evil Dead was Into the Woods. (gasps) <gasps> hilarious into the woods and when we're gonna get murdered perfect <laughs> <laughs> so the evil dead actually has quite a few uh titles in spanish so in argentina it was i guess evil dead diabolico evil dead evil dead no ve evil dead diabolico in Colombia, it was Mala Muerte that I, I Ooh, fucking love that. That's good. Mexico, it was El Despertar del Diablo. Peru, <laughs> Muerte Diabolica. And in Uruguay, just... Puta, todo el mundo called it something different. Dude, everybody's like, I want my own title. <laughs> I need my own. <laughs> and finally, in Uruguay, it was just simply Diabolico. And in Brazil, it was... <laughs> Humanoichi alucinante a morte do demonio. Did I get that right? Nossa, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, you did a great job. Or Evil Dead a morte Evil? do demonio. <laughs> <laughs> no, eh? Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so now how about we get a synopsis from you? This I found. Oh, this was from Wikipedia. Great. A family goes on a weekend trip to a vacation house only to be haunted by the spirit of an evil witch who was executed there many years ago. Perfect. I love it. Perfect. Are we ready to go to Mexico? 100. Here we go. Here we go. The movie begins with sharp, pointy looking opening credits and spooky music. And one of my favorite things that I have discovered in these fucking movies that we've been watching is in the credits when it says con la presentación estelar. And in this one, it's con la presentación estelar de los niños Carlos East Jr. y Ernesto East. That I was just like, okay, these niños are about to give you a stellar performance. So you better be ready for it. I fucking love that shit. I think it was a lie, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yep. It is a bold, bold bold-faced lie. Especially because 
they're not even the lead kid in this movie. Not for a moment. <laughs> and then we get our title card in red, Vacaciones de Terror. There's a crash of lightning and... All of a sudden, we are in olden times, and we know this because everything is sepia-toned. Sepia-toned, you're back in the day, everybody. Welcome, sepia. <laughs> we see a woman bound to this really creepy tree, and this woman is being screamed at by villagers that are holding sticks and torches. So we're like, ah, clearly, una bruja. She's a bruja. Say, burn the witch. And they're all, maldita, they say, a la hoguera, al fuego. So clearly, they're about to burn this bitch at the stake. Okay, shit. So the bruja responds, malditos, pagarán con sus vidas esta ofensa. Nunca podrán vencerme. Me vengaré de cada uno de ustedes. And then all of a sudden, the villagers quiet down when this bearded dude approaches. And the bruja continues, Belzebut. <laughs> Mi señor, <laughs> príncipe de los infiernos, 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 no abandones a tu hija, muéstrales tu poder. So she's basically like, hey, Satan, how about you help me out here? And the bearded man says to all the villagers, destroy all of her belongings, for they are of the devil. And then the witch screams, Give me the power to do harm. Give me the power to destroy. But Beardo says, oh, no, none of your powers will remain on Earth. And then all of a sudden, he holds up this medallion, like a necklace thing, and it lights up. Hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. interesting. And in his other hand, he holds the doll, which we will get to know a little <laughs> oh. bit later. <laughs> okay. Which I was like... <sighs> I don't know if this doll is of the time. It felt a little too modern of a doll. Agreed. For this, like, very peasanty looking. Like, he is looking straight up out of the crucible. You know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. And this doll is, like, porcelain faced and, like, and then I have a question about this doll that we'll get to. Once you're done with this sepia section of this. Sure, absolutely. So he touches the medallion to the doll. All of a sudden, lightning crashes and the bruja is screaming. So there seems to be some sort of like transference of power, I'm assuming here. And then the man says, the beardo says, prende la hoguera. And they light the fire and the bruja begins to burn. And as she screams in agony, the villagers begin to throw all of her belongings into a nearby well, a nearby pozo. And then Beardo takes a look at the doll, and we do get a flash of its, of its face. It's like very, very quick, quick flash of the face. And he says, you can't help her anymore. And then he throws this doll also into the well. So we fade from this witch-burning fire into a campsite fire near some ruins. It once seems to be, you know, present-day Mexico. We can tell because we're also now in color and because uh, the two men of the two men that we see having a chat, one of them is wearing the most 80s outfit I have ever seen in my life. Oh, man. <laughs> the looks, the hair in this movie. Because remember, hair. this is 89. It's honestly a joy to look at. What a treat. What a delight. Yeah, truly. <laughs> so one of the men, Nicasio, is holding the medallion. How he got it, who knows? Never explained. And he's telling Julio, who's in the outfit with the hair. He's a young dude. I'm going to say like in his 
early 20s. And Nicasio is telling Julio, this and many more legends van unidas with the medallion. So basically, he just told Julio this story about the bruja being burned, and it's connected to this medallion. And just so everybody knows... The wonderful 80s dude who has this like mullet and this lifted collared shirt and like tucked into his very acid washed pants. This is Pedrito (laughs) Fernandez and Pedro Fernandez to me, like I knew who he was, like he looks familiar to me and I know he's someone, but like he is legendary in Mexico. The man is a star. We'll get to Pedrito Fernandez at the end of the episode. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we're going to chat about him in trivia. But I just want everybody to know, yes, this is Pedro Fernandez. And if you're from Mexico, this was a huge deal. Huge. Pedrito Fernandez en una película de horror. Que maravilla. Sign me up. And they also, throughout the movie, they do throw in like kind of I mean, almost like meta suggestions about like who he is in real life. Because we never really know, but he's like, well, I'm an actor and a singer. And el tiene que ensayar and all this stuff. And you're like, what does he do? Like, we never right. get he's a... so busy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always rehearsing that Julio. <laughs> all right. So Nicasio continues. He says, whoever has the medallion is protected from evil. He says this line, which I fucking loved. He says, el poder de su energía ha terminado por completo con las negras leyendas de los adoradores de la noche. Oh, love. Oh, my. And Julio's all like, Nicasio, siempre hemos sido muy cuates, which I was like, ah. Again. I fucking love it. (laughs) Listen, why specifically Mexican films have this effect on us when it comes to language, especially. I think mm-hmm. there's this wonderful wave that comes over you and I whenever we do a Mexican film where they're like, yeah, the slang they use, the way they talk. It's just so like colorful and feels so delicious in the mouth. Again, it's always a feast. And I think because now at this point, you know, this particular slang, because clearly we've done a lot of Mexican films on Uyke Horror. Yeah. We're getting more familiar with like what are, the slang isn't so like unknown to us anymore at this point, you know, so it's just it's just a joy. It's delightful. Truly. So he's like, Julio's like, Nicasio, we're cuates. So <laughs> how much for the medallion? I want that medallion. And even though Nicasio at first is like, oh, hell no. Eventually, he gives in in exchange for Julio's Walkman, which he calls La Cajita cajita Magica. Magica. (laughs) And so they trade. And when they trade, we do get a better look in the medallion. And it's like it's gold, it seems. Yeah. Sort of like triangular shaped with like a symbol or something on it. Couldn't quite tell because, again, quality was not great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We then cut to a fancy house where we meet these young twins, Pedro and Jaime. And I'm going to say they're like, Seven, maybe eight tops. Like sure. these are I'd say six or seven. Sure. Yeah. Like they are they are little little guys. Yeah. So they're sitting down for lunch watching their dad, Fernando. So uh, throughout the movie, if you hear dad or papa or tío Fernando, this is who I'm talking about, basically. All right. And so their papa is is gouging an eyeball out from the cooked head of a cow. Yeah, I guess. Either cow or cabra. Uno, uno otro. Yeah. And he shoves this eyeball into a taco, which I was honestly like, 
disgusting, but were I in Mexico, absolutely I would try it. Mira, las cosas que meten en tortilla. Like Native Americans, they use the full animal. And uh, and does that mean that I'm going to be like, sí, claro, deme uno de seso frito? No, never. I would <laughs> never do it. So sorry. Thank you so much for offering me. Not interested in eating brains, balls, eyeballs, any of it. No, gracias. Pero si tenés uno de carne asada... Lo, uh, Ay, claro que qué delicia. Sí. Al pastor, qué, delicia. qué divino. Carnitas, maravillas, claro. Un, seis de carnitas, pero los de ojo, I'm okay. Thank you. I mean, had he, had Theo Fernando handed me that, I would have been like, I'll take a bite, but I can't <laughs> promise I'm going to finish the whole thing, all right? Bless you, you're very kind. <laughs> so Theo Fernando, like, is like, hey, hey, twins, you want a bite? And they're like, Fuck, Fuck no, you. they get up, <laughs> they actually like run off and they're like, thanks, but no thanks. But just then their mom, who I called, if you, again, same thing. If you hear mom or ma or tia Lorena, this is this lady, all right? Yeah. So she walks in with a plate full of hamburgers. So the twins are like, okay, cool. We'll sit down. They begin to eat. And this was a weird kind of theme throughout the movie. Just the kind of like United Statesification here where like, she comes out with burgers and she's very much like, oh, no, no tacos. No, that's not what we want here. That It was kind of a theme throughout the film. Kind of weird. Sure. And so the mom and dad are like kind of poking fun at each other. But it seems very good natured. They yeah. seem very much into each other, you know. And we discover here that they have three kids. These twins, Pedro y Jaime, their daughter, Gabby, who maybe is is around the twins' age, maybe like a year, a year older, older, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And they've got a baby on the way that the dad wants to name Chicaltepec. And the mom is like, hell <laughs> <Fuck> no. <you. laughs> Again, I was like, why not, girl? Okay, sure, why not? Well, because she's like, you can do your pre-hispano studies allá, and I will name our children. Okay, so we get this vibe of like, Son bien educado. Este señor has like a good job, probably. He studies pre-Hispanic things. He's like that kind of stuff. The house they live in is very nice. They they are very well dressed. It's this like a well-positioned family, basically. Yes, yes. And so the dad's like, anyway, I brought this cow's head to eat because surprise, I want us to celebrate the acquisition of our new. Casa de Campo, basically like our, our country home, our new country home. And he says, an aunt of mine died recently, so now I'm the owner of her Casa de Campo. I've got the keys right here. And the mom and the twins in unison say, En serio? En serio? <laughs> the dad's like, En serio? And get ready because we're going tomorrow and we're going to spend the weekend there. So the boys scream, Que padre! Que padre! They, <laughs> they rush off to pack. And on the way, they run into their sister Gabby in like the foyer of the house. And they take her doll because they want to play He-Man. And I was like, what's happening here? Anyway, Gabby is introduced, this young girl. Hello, Gabby. Hola, Gabby. And then Tio Fernando calls out for his niece, Paulina, played... By none other. Welcome back to the main stage. <laughs> Welcome back to Uike Horror, Gabriela Hassel, who played Alexandra in Don't Panic. How could you forget that unibrow? <laughs> but my main memory is you 
it, during the Don't Panic episode, just being like, hi, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Well, because it's all ADR'd yeah. in Don't Panic. So who knows if that's even her hi, same name. Hi, Michael. Oh, hi, Michael. <laughs> so Theo Fernando is like, Paulina, come down here. So she comes downstairs, unibrow, fully intact, poofy hair, a poofin. We need to talk about the look that is coming from Paulina. Please. Pa- Paulina La Sobrina is what I'll mm-hmm. call her. Paulina La Sobrina. And don't panic. She had obviously the unibrow, but she had like some crazy blue eyeshadow and she had some very frosty lips, which back. have remained. And uh, <laughs> she continues to have this frosty like, but this time it's like almost bronze colored. Like there's it's mm. shimmery. It's yeah, I, I don't want to say bronze because it's too light for her lips. It looks it's a crazy lip color. Her bangs are up. It's like, you know how when you see on the internet, like, awkward family photos, and there's always the 80s ones where they show these women with, like, bangs. Five-inch bangs. Like, insane bangs. Up. (laughs) Just standing on their own. It's like anti-gravity bangs. That's what she's got. She's got. But the hair is short, and she's like, hola, tío. And she's genuinely just like a charming lovely young woman she looks like a sweet baby and she's like tengo que ir julio (laughs) julio mi novio Mm -hmm. ensayo," which we never we never find out what the ensayo ever is for and like what is he ensayando what is he who knows what is he rehearsing horseback riding who knows Cirque du Soleil (laughs) act Perhaps. So that's what it is. A uh, gymnastics. gymnastics. Anyway, <laughs> she looks great. She is so late 80s. This is same época as Don't Panic. So, you know, it's she's right around there. It's the year after. It's like it came out the year after Don't Panic. So amazing. She's the only difference is her hair is shorter. That's basically it. Her hair Which is she shorter. still looks fab. So Theo Fernando is like, Paulina, you and your boyfriend, Julio. I want you to come with me, with all of us, to the Casa de Campo this weekend. Cool. So we cut to Paulina and Julio, which I, at this point I was like, oh, that's her boyfriend. Cool. Yeah. And they're hanging out in the back of Julio's pickup truck. Mm-hmm. So Julio pulls out a bottle of wine and he says, let's celebrate my new find. And he pulls out the medallion. And he says, it is said that when it comes in contact with malignant forces, le salen destellos. Destellos, ¿no ve? Like it shines, it shimmers. Yeah, yeah. He from inside, he se, se prende basically, like it turns on. Very yeah. cool. And he says los inquisidores would put it on the chests of the hechiceros or like the brujos. Hechiceros. Oh, thank you, hechiceros or you know brujos, yeah. and that's how they de- debilitated and annihilated them completely. Very cool. And Paulina's all, well, you're full of shit. But uh, how about you come to my Tio Fernando's new Casa de Campo in Valle de Bravo this weekend after you're done rehearsing? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever it is you're doing, whatever fucking one man show you're building, Julio, once you're done. Whatever it is, come on out to the Casa de Campo. But this is what I'm talking about. The sonata you're practicing on the piano? (laughs) Yep. Why not? Whenever you're done with that, Beethoven, come on out. (laughs) And so... But this is, again, like, I mean, I guess meta might not be the right word, but they're like, 
poking at the fact that, you know, this dude is actually a fucking singer, actor, star. Yeah. You know, huge star. Something. And so Julio says, ooh, Valle de Bravo, a cosmic place full of good vibrations. And he says here, correct me if I'm wrong, uh-huh. but he says, el rock, el tri, abandaro. Like, really, really excited about mm-hmm. this stuff. And I did a little bit of research on this, but I think you've got some trivia stuff about that. So we'll get to that later. Yes. Well, let's just say up in the top, El Tri mm-hmm. is a huge band from Mexico mm-hmm. from the late 60s that continued, is still continuing. Uh, yeah. My dude is 97 years old, I feel. <laughs> Alex Lora. Este brother, mm. he's like, he looks like the Crypt Keeper now. Like, he is un hombre chimirringuito. Porque es más viejo que el tiste. Like, it's Absolutely. so, he yeah. is so fucking old. But my dude gets up on stage and rocks. And here's the jam. When we were living Love. in Nicaragua, they would play El Tri on the radio all the fucking time. And they were already fucking old back then. <laughs> like and they it, would still play them on the radio. they were playing them all the fucking time. El Tri is legendary. You got They have some bops. They have some bops. You know, that's something that I love about Latin America is that, you know, here in the United States, we get pretty ageist pretty fast. Yeah. Pero en Latinoamérica, I I mean, you know, it's been a while since I lived there. Especialmente con la música. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like the music, they, no, they will play you on the radio. It doesn't matter if you're fucking 87. You got that rock band? We're playing you. I mean, maybe things have changed, but that was something I loved about Latin America. Guys, do your do yourself a solid and listen to Rock en Español. Like it is so underrated. It's so fucking good. Rock en Español is so good, dude. Yes. And there immediately are, it takes I'm transported you, yes, back. It takes you back yeah. and also like there are so many playlists on fucking Spotify. Do yourself yes. a solid and just type in rock en español a ver que te sale and listen to these jams. They're so good. Yeah. And okay. there'll be some songs on there that you're like, holy shit, haven't heard this in 20 years. Yes. Thank God I found this song again. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Julio says, sure, I'll <laughs> come out go. to the Casa de Campo. <laughs> is we're going to the Casa de Campo, baby. Vámonos. Okay. So it's the next day and the whole family piles into their car and they drive to the Casa de Campo. And they drive right by the creepy tree where the witch was burned, which is like right next to the house. It is right there. Yeah. They park and they get out of the car and they're all looking at the house, but we don't see the house for quite some time, which I kind of liked. Yeah. And because you were like, can we see it? Hello, building just a little bit of suspense here. And the kids run off to play with a football, which again, I was like, this is weird to me. Like, it's not, a, it's it's an American football. I was wondering what you meant about, like, America sprinkled throughout. Because I didn't pay attention to I don't, that very like, much. I mean, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't think that I don't think American football or maybe it was back in the late 80s. It was a big thing in Mexico. I could be wrong. But for some reason, like the burgers, the American football, I was like, this feels like a weird, slight Americanization thing sprinkled in here. And weird. even even um, Paulina even says earlier when she's like 
heading out to meet Julio after his ensayo, she goes, bye. And she says, bye in yeah. English. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is because the dad is so much like, no, give me my eyeball tacos. I want to name my kid Chicaltepec. But then the mom and Paulina, I guess, are very much like, no, that's not what's sure. going on here. Interesting. That so, doesn't matter throughout the film. And probably but it an, not as deep as we're making it, but still. No, but an interesting theme that still yeah, popped out to me. Totally. So, so there we go. Interesting. And so Paulina, you know, she's looking at this house and she's like, see, sí, está lindísima. <laughs> and the mom says, ¿Qué? Before you say, because before the kids run off with the fucking ball, the football, uh-huh. Gaby says, Uy, parece la casa de los sustos. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> but first, okay, yeah. plant the seed now. Gabby is brutal. That fucking oh. kid says some sentences in this film that fully annihilate motherfuckers. This is just the beginning of her being like, I'm here to tear y'all apart. It's great. Oh, she's just going to get worse. Yeah. So Paulina, after she's like, yeah, the house está lindísima. I love it. And the mom says, que está horrenda. And Theo Fernando's all like, chill. Remember, I'm an architect, which I was like, oh, I thought he was I like a you historian. Studied, yeah, like, I was like yeah. anthropologist, Indiana yeah, Jones. like that. No, he's an architect. So Theo Fernando's like, all it needs is a little manita de gato, which I was like, never Cute. heard of this before. Love this. Yeah. And he's like, let's go inside. So as they approach the house, the camera finally pans out. And then we finally do see the house. And it is. A horror. A like hot I was pile. like, is this Jason's cabin from fucking Friday the thirteenth? Like not that bad. Not that in shambles, but this place but pretty is shambling. rough. Yeah. Yeah. She's rough. Like Theo Fernando actually has to use his body weight to open the front door. <laughs> so once they're inside. It's a fucking nightmare. It's dusty. There's furniture covered in sheets, which is always creepy. There's cobwebs everywhere. There's weird statues everywhere. And he pulls off a sheet from something on the wall in the living room to reveal this big mirror. Chekhov's Hmm. mirror. Yep. More on that later. (laughs) (laughs) And then they go into the kitchen where they find a fridge, but there's no power and there's no estufa. There's no stove. And the mom is all like, We should have stayed home for the weekend. And honestly, I was like, you know what? I agree. This was like, this was a day trip kind of thing where the parents would have been like, kids, you stay home with Paulina. We're going to go check out the property, see what shape it's in. We'll be back. And then we will return at some point to this Casa de Campo prepared. Like, this is not a weekend trip. It should have been when... The dad got the keys. He should have gone out there and been like, okay. Windows need work. This needs work. I'm going to need to like figure out whatever house hunters HGTV shit you need to do and then return, make the fixes and then y'all go to the fucking house. Absolutely. (laughs) Like I can understand like maybe halfway through remodeling. You're like, okay, you can come stay. I still need to fix some stuff. But this is no, I'm not sleeping here. No, I'm not sleeping here. No, (laughs) but we are we are sleeping here. (laughs) (laughs) so the mom is like we should be home basically and Theo Fernando is like no chill out the kids need to do more outdoorsy stuff and then smash that fucking American football comes crashing (laughs) through the window 
fucking kids. And then we're outside with the kids, and they go up to that big, creepy-ass tree. And we we seem to hear some weird noises here, like, like whispering. chattering, whispering, something creepy. And then one of the boys starts to climb the tree. Back in the house with Tio Fernando, la tia Lorena, and Paulina, suddenly we hear the kids scream. So they rush outside, and they find Pablo in the tree, and he says, no me deja bajar el árbol, which I was like, Mm-hmm. I don't like that. No way. And then he slips and falls, but thankfully he's caught by Tio Fernando. And La Tia is like, we got to cut this tree down. So Tio Fernando's like, cool, I'll take care of it tomorrow. No worries. It's nighttime. It's all foggy and spooky. And in the kitchen, La Tia grabs some eggs from the fridge. She places them on the counter and they just fully explode. I jumped. Oh, fully. What? Exploding eggs. Sure. Why Why not? So she grabs a rag to clean up the mess. But when she crosses back to the eggs, they're intact. And I just wrote fantasmas. Ghosts. Fantasmas. Just then Julio arrives in his pickup truck. He's honking away. So Paulina goes outside to greet him. And on their way into the house, Julio (laughs) says. Aquí se me huele a fantasma, eh? (laughs) Pues aquí sí me huele a fantasma. Oh, fuck. Classic. He is so charming. Like, it makes sense that he is a star. Like, the way, like yes. in general, like, a star. Because every time he's on screen, you can't take your eyes off him. No. He delivers lines like, it, it. there is nary a hint of, like, I've memorized lines. It feels so natural and easy mm-hmm. coming out of him. And he genuinely is just a handsome, charming young man. Super likable. Very yes, likable. Totally. He is magnetic, but in like a very down to earth way. Like you could, you're like, I could be friends with this guy. I could meet this dude and I could date him if I wanted to. Like it feels yeah. very approachable, but also still you're like, I'm still very attracted to you. And there's something oh, totally. very like, what a lovely guy you seem to be. Yeah, it's like everybody knows Julio and everybody yeah. loves him. Exactly. Everybody's friends with him. Everybody's, What's that to like? Everybody's rehearsing with him all the time. <laughs> Writing sonatas, you know? <laughs> Doing <All right>. acrobatics. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Practicing our gymnastics. <laughs> so everybody goes inside and they're all sitting down for dinner, which Tia Lorena is like, hope you like it because there's no power and I do not know what I cooked for you. Enjoy, everybody. Can I make a note? Please. Oh, my God. They all pour milk as their beverage. And I just want to say people that drink milk with their meals are insane. This uh, was another thing where I was like, I don't remember this in Latin America. Like a cup of leche? This doesn't feel feels weird to me. feels very like the United States of America. Get your calcium. So they're all eating this meal with a nice glass of milk. <laughs> and again, Tia Lorena's like, I didn't have power, so I don't know what I cooked. And Tio Fernando's like, girl, chill. Please have some patience. I'll work on getting the power on tomorrow. Julio, you can help me out, okay? And then, bam, the lights turn on. <laughs> no. I This, okay, spooky. 
very spooky. Yes. But Julio has a moment here where he like looks up and he's like, that's, that's he fucking literally creepy. could have like grabbed his collar and been like, yeah. Lyle, Lyle, Lyle. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I love him. I love him. I would feel much better being at this this casa. What what did the girl call it? The the espantos casa or whatever. De sustos. This, I would feel much better being in this casa de sustos with this fucking guy. Absolutely. So it's later on. Okay, this doesn't matter, but I'm gonna mention yeah, this. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. I have to talk about. It. So Theo Fernando is putting the twins to bed, and but by the way, they both have their own beds. You know, their own little twin beds, and these boys. Insist Con la on presentación estelar. estelar, which apparently to these boys or the parents of these boys, it meant you must scream every single line you are given. Every single line these boys say is at the top of their lungs. Belting. They are shrieking. Yeah. Shrieking. Anyway, so Theo Fernando, these are his kids and he's, you know, putting his sons to bed. And I just have to mention that, like, he comes by later on to, to, like, check on the boys. And they've been like, oh, we're not scared. We're not scared. And when later on he checks on them, they're in the same bed, which I was like, that is just adorable. Even though you boys shriek every single fucking line. Okay, so we're outside sitting on the hood of Julio's pickup truck. And we hear some romantic, like, do, 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 do. <laughs> And we see Paulina and Julio. They're, you know, looking at the moon and the stars. Romance. And Paulina notices that Julio is wearing the medallion around his neck. She is very much like, you're full of bullshit. Yeah. Like, you're full of shit throughout this movie. Interesting kind of uh, turn in a horror film. Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas usually it's the guy being like, I don't believe you. It's more so her very, like, very good naturedly being like, I don't believe all your bullshit, basically. So she takes the medallion off his neck. And she says, pues las reliquias con las reliquias. And she places the medallion around the pickup truck's rearview mirror. And they head back inside the casa. And I was like, "Not, not a good idea. That was a bad idea. We need that on us. So we're in Gabby's room a little bit later, and Paulina seems to be getting, like, helping Gabby get ready for bed. But Gabby is looking outside because there is a door leading to, like, the outside right out, right in her room. And she sees, Gabby sees the bruja tied up to the tree, just like we saw at the beginning of the movie. And she says to Paulina, uh, there's a woman tied to the trunk of that tree. But when Paulina looks... Nada. And I, if a child no. said this to me, no. I would shit. This is the scariest. Get away from me. No. I would go to Theo Fernando and be like, mira, la Gabi just saw some shit. It creeped me out. Let's go. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not fucking with this. I'm not cool this. with this. But of course, of of course, pero, of, course. <laughs> of course, Paulina is like, no hay nada. Go put your PJs on, get ready for bed. It's a little while later, and in the pickup truck, we see the medallion begin to light up. Mm. And then asleep in her bed, Gabi has a nightmare of what we saw in the beginning of the movie in Sepia, the, the bruja being burned, the beardo, the doll. So Gabi screams out, Mama, Papa, and her parents come rushing in to check on her. And then back in the truck, we see the medallion, like, shut down, power off. So I was like, at least to me, I was like, ooh, the witch's powers seem to be growing or something mm-hmm. like that because of the presence of this family. Or because of the presence of that kid. 
Because it seems yeah. to be focused on Gabby. So it's the next day and Theo Fernando and Julio are preparing to chop down the creepy tree with an axe. And nearby, the twins and Gabby are playing with their football when one of these dundo-ass twins accidentally tosses the ball into what? A nearby well. Uh-oh. What could be down there? Mm. So Gabby, at the top of her lungs, goes, Boy, por ella! <laughs> and she runs off to check the well, and she goes tumbling in this fucking well, and the twins scream, Gabby! And then back at the tree, Julio takes a big whack at the tree when they hear the boys scream. So Julio and Tio Fernando run to see what's up, and we get a quick shot of the axe jammed in the tree, and the tree is bleeding. Uh-oh. Back at the well, Tio Fernando screams down for Gabby, and she's like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. So Theo <laughs> Fernando slowly makes his way down to get her. And down in the well, Gabby begins to explore. But it's more of a cave. Oh, like it's, it's legit a cave. Spacious down here. There are shelves of rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> They're like, and all the Bruja's belongings are still down here. And it doesn't seem like they were tossed in. They no, almost they seem placed. placed uh-huh. Which is creeps. So Gabby walks deeper and deeper into the cave, and she is finally drawn to the doll. And here we see it. And it's like porcelainy, pale face, blue eyed, red lipped, got like some strong eyeliner going on. It's got like a grayish dress, like a and wrap a around its head. A bonnet. Yes, like a bonnet. Yeah. And we get a close up on its eyes. And it turns to look no, at Gabby no. with a spooky musical sting, which happens constantly f- 75 times in this film. Yeah. Like those eyes and then like a Roo, or like a Roo. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that means the, the doll is like plotting her shit. You know what I mean? She's doing something. She's using yeah, her she's powers. She's doing something spooky. So finally, Theo Fernando makes it into the cave and he finds Gabby. She's got the doll now and he agrees to let her keep the doll. So Theo Fernando hoists Gabby and the doll up to Julio. And then he climbs out of the cave and he tells Julio there's, there's like all sorts of shit down there in this cave. And Julio is very intrigued. Well, and Gabby's like, hay un montón de juguetes. And the mom goes, que juguetes que ni nada. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> this mom, the mom, every time she said anything mom-esque, it was so oh great. Que juguetes ni que nada. Vámonos. Métanse, córrale, ándale. I was like, my God, this mom is over it. She does not want I to be here. Love her. The sassiest. Yeah, she's pissed. I don't want to be at this creepy yeah. ass casa de campo. You just fell in a well, bro. What the hell? Yeah. It's time to go. It is, yeah. It's been it's been time to go. So back inside the casa, Tia Lorena and Paulina are cooking a meal when in comes Gabby with her doll. And she's like, Mom, when's the food going to be ready? My doll is hungry. We No. And the mom says, oh, honey, get rid of that ugly doll. And when she goes to grab the doll, she freezes. And then we get a close-up of Gabby. And then Gabby looks at the doll. And this... Uh, again, another thing that happens a million times throughout this film. Close up of Gabby, Gabby, of Gabby. <laughs> look at the doll. Back to Gabby. I was like, okay, we got it. They are communicating. We understand now. So the mom begins to react like she's afraid or in pain, and she falls to the floor. And then we get a flash of the doll's eyes, like turning, and a sting, and. 
again, this happens a million times where we're like, okay, so clearly the doll is the one who is making this happen. The doll is affecting the mother in this way. Right. Well, the mother, she grabs her womb before she falls on the ground and sweet baby fucking Paulina, who's stirring the beans next to her, is like, Okay, so besides the fact that the twins are constantly screaming, the amount of times that sweet baby Paulina is belting, once the horror begins, that Paulina is Turn the volume down, screaming everybody. everything constantly. So here's this woman on the ground suffering mm-hmm. some sort of thing, and she's like, Theo, Theo, Theo. So Paulina and Theo Fernando, they, you know, rush in to help La Tia Lorena. And Tia Lorena, like you said, she's holding her womb. She's like, Mi bebe, mi bebe. And at mi this bebe. point, I was like, Oh, right. I forgot. She's fucking pregnant. Yeah. And as she's holding her belly, we see her belly like start to move and like bubble and we hear like this weird bubbling sound effect it's actually like gross and goopy it gave me the creeps it was cool and so Theo Fernando's all fuck this I'm taking you to the hospital which very smart thank you thank you and he picks her up and he rushes off and meanwhile outside Julio is drinking beer and teaching the twins how to concentrate so they can help and find treasure but then Theo Fernando rushes out and he's like Julio Paulina watch the kids I'm taking La Tia Lorena to the hospital we're going. So they leave. It's later on, and inside the house, Gabby is showing Paulina her doll. But so Paulina reaches out to touch the doll, but then bam, a flash of the doll's eyes, and something pricks Paulina's finger. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Gabby says, the doll says, Mama is gonna die. Which I was like, ooh. No, dude. Can you imagine no. you're sitting there and a little kid comes up to you. Do you want to meet my new doll? And you're like, okay. No. And then you touch it. It pricks you. And immediately afterwards, the kid turns and says, she says mom is going to die. And you're just going to be like, well, what do I do now that Satan is in this child? And last night, this child was there. There's a, said to you, there's a woman hanging from that tree outside. Goodbye. 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 I'd leave that child behind. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm leaving. But of course, Paulina's like, oh, honey, your mom will be fine. And then Gabby says, the doll wants to know if Julio is your boyfriend. And Paulina's like, yes. She shows Gabby a picture of Julio. And Gabby's all, tiene cara de menso. Perate, I was like, this perate, bitch. Perate. <laughs> If we're talking about the language of this fucking film, which is so good. When she asks, is Julio tu novio? Gabby goes, a mí me caen gordos los hombres, pues menos mi papá. And I was like, bro, <laughs> bro, a mí sure. me caen gordos los hombres. That's, I mean, it should be the substitute of hashtag all men, you know what I mean? Like, a mí me <laughs> caen gordo los hombres. And sweet, sweet baby Paulina's like, no, in 10 years, you'll change your mind. I guarantee it. Please don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Also, look at this hot picture of my hot boyfriend. And that's when fucking <laughs> stone cold Steve Austin, Gabby, is like, uh, <laughs> he's got una cara de menso, bro. And I was like, this bitch is annihilating fuckers. I love her. Yep. So, like you said, Paulina's like, just wait 10 years and then tell me how you feel. 
I'm going to go finish cooking. So, so she leaves Gabby alone. And then Gabby grabs the picture and she's like, hey, doll, you agree with me, right? He's got cara de menso. But then we hear spooky music. So it seems the doll is up to something. Mm. Meanwhile, Julio and the boys are outside looking for treasure when all of a sudden we get a flash of the doll's eyes looking at that picture of Julio. And outside, Julio grabs his head like he's in pain and then he falls to the floor. He's been drinking beer, so his glass and bottle of beer nearby shatter. And after these fucking twin boys shriek Shriek. in his face, Julio, que te pasa? Que te pasa? For like 10 minutes, he finally comes to. We cut to the hospital and Theo Fernando is speaking with the doctor. And the doctor's like, look, dude, your wife's symptoms are are not normal for this point in your pregnancy or in her pregnancy. So I got to keep her here under observation. So you just have to be patient. And now take it away, Eileen. So we're back at the house and Gabby decides it's time for me to introduce my dolls to my other dolls. And honestly, every single doll in this fucking place is horrible. They do a zoom in and they're fucking this like bunch of shelves of dolls where I was like, they're all haunted. They're all horrible and haunted. All I thought here was ask Eileen how she feels in this moment. How do you feel? How are we feeling? I hate all of it. (laughs) Fuck all the dolls. Get them out of here. Uh, And over in the living room, Julio is stoking the fireplace while Paulina comes down from putting the twins to bed. But de repente, la Paulina looks over to Gabby's room, who is on the same floor. So the twins are upstairs and Gabby's room is on the main floor. She looks over to her door and Gabby's door has smoke coming out from underneath it. And so the two of them, Julio and Paulina, are like, what the fuck? So they run over to Gabby's room. They're fucking banging on the door. Holy shit. Are you okay? Gabby, salí de ahí. ¿Qué está pasando? When finally they open the door, they get it unlocked, and they go inside, y no hay nada. Hmm. And they're like, what the hell? But they see around the room that all of Gabby's dolls have been ripped open to shreds. Like the stuffies have all their stuffing out of it. All the muñecas tienen las cabezas arrancadas. They're hanging on fucking string. Bro, don't you fucking hang doll hell, uh, doll, doll heads around me. That Fuck that shit. <laughs> this is that scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yes. except doll guts doll everywhere. Doll guts and heads, the everything. Minute, the minute you see this, these children are punished. No. I'm so sorry. Get them you out You are here. all sitting in the foyer. Like, your parents aren't here. We have no way. Well, we have Julio's Chuck, but, you know, we can wait here. But we are all waiting together. Get you are these dolls in trouble. All away from you. Put your dolls away. Your cars, all your things. You put them away. You sit here. I'm looking at you the entire time. Sit your ass down. Shut up and be quiet. Sentate. Yeah. Yes. Sentate y callate. <laughs> like my Tiliana once said to her giant son, Sentate que te voy a pegar. Because he was Ooh. so much taller than her. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. So, anyways. Paulina's like, what the fuck did you do all this shit for, you stupid idiot? Well, she doesn't say it like that, pero ¿por qué? ¿Por I mean, she should. And Gabby's like, it was her, a.k.a. the doll. Mm-hmm. So Paulina mm-hmm. and Julio leave Gabby to clean up the mess that she made. And Julio asks Paulina to make him un sandwichito. A ver, hazme un sandwichito, pues. And so 
sweet baby Paulina is like, okay, I'll make my boyfriend a sandwich and goes to the fridge, opens it, and it's filled with like slop and frogs and snakes and mice. Now, here's the thing about movies that choose to use snakes, mice, and like stuff like that as like a form of spooks. That never lands with me as much Hmm. as I think it would in general. Just like, sure, snakes are creepy and like, oh, nobody likes a fucking mouse or a rat or anything like that. But because they're animals, I don't find them as threatening as I would a ghost, a ghoul, a goblin, a zombie, a vampire, like all of that. And so when that, when... When you get these moments in films when they try and use these creepy crawly animals as scared factors, I'm like, eh, sure, I guess. So it's not it doesn't as, it doesn't work for you? No, not at all. But anyways, she hates it. Then she's like, she slams the door to the fridge <laughs> and Julio's like, What the hell? What about me sandwichito? And he opens the fridge and there's nothing there. So it's a little later on and Julio and Paulina are ready to fuck. Well, at least that's what Julio wants to do. Oh, and yes. eventually they start making out and uh, we see that Gabby in the other room is talking to her doll. No le hagas daño a Julio y Paulina. Okay. And over in the camioneta, the medallion that's been hanging on the rear view mirror starts to shine. So we get a really crazy close-up of the doll's eyes again. Again, every time. Close-up of the doll's eyes. Of some magical sound that comes out. Y de repente, the walls start to bleed. (gasps) And Paulina is the only one that can see this as she's making out with Julio because Julio is on top of her. So he is kissing her face and she's just like seeing pictures starting to bleed. The fucking mirror starts to bleed. Everything starts to bleed. And eventually she's like, what the fuck? She pushes Julio off of her. She runs out and he goes to check on her. And she's like, bro, the room was bleeding. I couldn't. I can't fuck if the room's bleeding, my nope. dude. Same, same. And don't say they go back inside so that Julio can be like, "What are you talking about?" And they nothing. There's nothing there. It's gone. And in the car, in the camioneta, the medallion stops shining, and you're like, "Huh? Mm. Oh." And then Julio turns to Paulina and he's like, ¿Qué sangrando? I'm the one that's sangrando. He goes, "Sangrando estoy yo." And I wrote. Del pene. (laughs) Yep. Sangrando del pene. Anyway, so Paulina's like, please, can you go and maybe like go to the hospital and see what's up with my aunt and uncle? It's been four fucking hours since they've been gone. And suddenly the lights in the living room start to flash. And the twins wake up upstairs and they come down from their room and out comes Gabby from her room with the fucking doll. And Paulina is over it. She's like, mira, yo no sé qué está pasando aquí. ¿Qué está sucediendo aquí? Vámonos. But Julio's like, mira, calm down. They're probably on their way, your aunt and your uncle. And I'll go to my camioneta to get my flashlight. Don't worry. And I wrote, bring the medallion, my guy. Get that medallion and bring it with you. One of the twins says he's cold, so Paulina's like, no te preocupes, I'll go for your chamarras in the fucking closet. So she goes into the fucking linen closet and slam. The door closes, it locks behind her. 
of course, es la fucking muñeca. And the, we see crazy doll eyes again. Bring, and in that room, from the ceiling, snakes again. Snakes and mice. And I was like, okay, I guess it's creepy. Pero todavía. La Paulina is having a hard ass time. She is losing her shit. Snakes all over the place. She goes to grab the door handle. There's a snake there. She's like, what the fuck? Mice, tarantulas, everything, everywhere. Finally, she runs out of the door. Sing nada. No tiene ninguna culebra. Nothing is on her. The kids are looking at her like, what the fuck is wrong with you, you stupid idiot? And she's like, you guys did this to me, you sons of bitches. Go fuck yourself. Come with me right now. A ver, andale, hijo de la gran puta. ¿Y por qué me encerraron? And la fucking Gabriela is like, the doll did it. No te quiere. And I was like, ooh, girl, bad news. If you hear your kids say, my doll, no te quiere. Ooh, nope. Uh, no. No. Y, y no solo no es que no te quiere a vos, y tampoco quiere a tu novio. Son los oh. dos. Los dos, you better watch out. So Paulina's like, this is it. Fuck you, fuck your doll, fuck all of y'all motherfuckers. A ver, andale, correle, váyanse a dormir, hijo de la gran puta ahorita. They don't say hijo de la gran puta, that's just me. Pero that's what no, I would should. say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ya me tienen harta. A ver, a ver. And so they all go upstairs. She locks them in their fucking, in the twins' bedroom. She throws the doll in there, which was her biggest mistake. ¿Para qué? Ooh. ¿Para qué le das la muñeca? Keep the Take muñeca, that doll away from throw her. Throw that doll into a pit from hell. Like, get her out Absolutely. of here. But throw it back at the fucking well. Yeah. Throw that shit away. Fuck that thing. In the room with the kids, the doll moves its eyes. Pring, de nuevo. And the, all the toys that are in the fucking room start lighting up and moving. And the twins are like, whoa, what's going on? This scene went on way too long, by the way. But I was uh. like, okay. Underneath this, since the room is upstairs, abajo, la, la pobre Paulina is looking through a drawer or whatever, and, like, the floorboards get really creaky and all the fucking dust. It almost felt like a giant yeah. was up there walking. I was like, yeah, I don't understand what's going on, but okay. So she comes out and she sees that all three kids have exited the room, and she's like, to stay in the room, you fucking dicks. And she like yells at them. Cuando de repente the couch swings out from where it's sitting and knocks her over, smacking her head on the other couch. And Gabby and her doll proceed to come down the stairs. It seems as though now like Gabby is fully taken over by this doll. Yeah. She and the doll are one. Okay. Outside, Julio has his flashlight and he's walking back to the house. And from inside the house, Gabby, whose voice has now become distorted, uh, Mm -hmm. which also made it harder for me to understand what she was saying. So if we miss some stuff, apologies. It's because there was Mm -hmm. a crazy effect on her voice. But in this turn, she says... Julio debe morir. And that I understood very clearly. (laughs) And so the camioneta outside, Julio's uh, camioneta, turns on by itself. Very Christine of it. And an invisible force pushes down on the pedals and the camioneta starts to chase fucking Julio. Back in the house, Paulina gets up from the floor after being knocked out by the couch. And she's like, Gabi, ¿qué te pasa? 
we get another doll eye moment and Paulina goes to run calling for Julio. Pero the stone statues that are like sprinkled throughout this house all simultaneously explode. Paulina begs Gabi, por favor, let me go, please, vámonos de aquí. When we get two very cinnamony, and by cinnamony, I mean like cinema-y shots. Mm -hmm. One is the Jaws shot with Gabby, where it's like a zoom in, zoom out situation on, on Gabby and the doll. And the second one is this rotating shot, very bad boys fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Totally. Michael Bay-esque uh, uh, around uh-huh. Paulina, uh, where she is freaking out. She's like, que sucede? And like holding her hair. <laughs> que pasa, Gabi? No, por favor. No, no, Gabi. And just like this circling shot Drama. around her. Yes. Back to Julio outside. The car stops. Seems chill now. But the medallion inside is fucking fully shining. And he gets in the camioneta and he drives back the little bit that he got chased to the house and slams it through the fucking wall. That big ass camioneta in la pared. He's like, fuck this house. Boom. Inside. Paulina screams for Julio. Julio! Julio! Like, but solo grito eh, la fucking Paulina. Yep. And the this do- movie is full of shrieks. Full of screams, shrieking. And then we see that the doll makes some eyes. Pring, she levitates fucking Paulina and throws her, but not very far. Not f- far at all, actually. If anything, it's like, mm-hmm. a, I'm just going to let her go now. And she just falls. Just a little toss. Dramaticamente en al piso. And you're like, ay, Dios mío. Julio runs into the kitchen holding the medallion, which the doll finally officially sees. And she's like, well, fuck this motherfucker. And she flings open the cutlery drawer and knives flying at poor Julio. Just like one in the arm, one in the thigh. We get some pretty okay shots, like up close shots of the knives in his body and him Mm -hmm. pulling them out. Yeah, um, there was one pullout that was particularly gruesome. like they, yeah, they kind of lingered on it, and yeah. I was like, "Ooh, okay, that's pretty, pretty nasty." Yeah, I'll take it totally. While sweet Julio is getting pelted with knives, Paulina runs into the <laughs> other room and she grabs a picture de un santo con Jesús, one of the religious photos, the most random religious photo you could ever find like a francis de assis it's like a monk yeah, a the monk. kind with the yeah. with the bowl cut but he's holding a baby which i'm assuming yeah. is jesus Algun santo, cualquier uno, some religious shit and she runs back into the room pero la gabi y la muñeca they couldn't give a shit because those eyes bring across and fucking the glass in the picture breaks and then it fully sets itself on fire like the picture's yep. just like and flames En el hospital, la tía Lorena wakes up suddenly and she's like, los niños, los niños, tenemos que volver para los niños, los niños, eh, Fernando, los niños. And he's like, all right, honey, don't worry. She's los like, niños. están en grave peligro, Santa Maria, go get them. And he's like, all right, honey. So Fernando is out of there. Back at the house, Julio tries to be brave and go after the doll, 
Pero she starts exploding shit all around him. The chandelier explodes. Another statue explodes. The fucking dinner table legit explodes. <laughs> and uh, the dinner table exploding makes Julio drop the medallion. And plates are flying everywhere. The fridge falls over. The chandelier, which exploded earlier, now has officially fallen off the fucking ceiling. All the while, Paulina está en la esquina. <laughs> wailing. Wailing. Julio goes to her and officially Chekhov's mirror comes into play. It fills mm -hmm. with smoke. Smoke comes crawling out of the mirror and suddenly Julio is lifted up into the sky being pulled towards the mirror. Paulina is holding on to him as she screams and he screams and he says to her El medallón es nuestra única esperanza. And she is holding on, wailing <laughs> for everything she can. Pero she can't hold anymore. The pull is too strong. And Julio flies through the fucking room like a Peter Pan in a community theater production. Dude, <laughs> I literally was going to say, this is your local high school's production of Peter Pan. Just a slow, kind of awkward-limbed flight through the air <laughs> like not quite sure i want to be up here but here we are so Hold i on. guess like literally <laughs> fucking eh, como se llama el director el fucking rene cardona was like okay pedrito agarrate agarrate yeah. bien porque we're flying you my guy <laughs> so they fly his ass across the room and he like splats up against the fucking mirror very um han solo in the totally. when he gets frozen position mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. but instead of like in the i forget the name of the star wars term of chemical guys sorry i'm not that big of a nerd <laughs> uh but whatever it's called i want to say kryptonite so bad it's not kryptonite whatever close enough pero él está ahí parado con los brazos para arriba in the fucking mirror the smoke fills the area around him and he basically is sucked inside the mirror and paulina <laughs> has been belting this entire time uh. <laughs> Constant. Cords of steel. And then turns to Gabi and immediately straight-faced. ¿Por qué lo hiciste? Like, oh. ¿Por qué lo hiciste? <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> but she's like, a la Gabriela, o a la Gabi, ¿Por qué lo hiciste? ¿Por qué no lo impediste? Why didn't you stop it? And then finally, ¿Por qué no me tragas a mí también? Oh. Why don't you swallow me too, bitch? Okay. So Paulina runs to the front door, but obviously it's very locked. And Gabi says, No te vayas, ella no te dejará. She's not going to let you go, homie. Mm -hmm. And again, we get ojos, ring, and the door handle turns bright red, very cartoon style. Home Alone. Home Alone, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Home Alone turns bright red, burns poor fucking Paulina's hand. So she runs towards a window across the room. She's begging Gabby to stop. Pero la Gabriela le dice que la muñeca la, le has hecho enojar y dice que tiene que castigarte. So the doll is like, 
you you fucking piss me off, homie. I'm gonna Pissed. fuck you up. So she starts slicing Paulina, like parts of her clothes just start ripping open. But there's no blood or anything. Paulina is acting like she's getting fully stabbed. She's like, oh, whoa, mm-hmm. pero no hay sangre. At least not at this moment when we see the clothes ripping. Later on, you see blood in the sections. But I was like, you guys could have put maybe like a, a... Give us a splatter of blood. Something. And Gabby continues by saying she doesn't want to kill you yet, but fucking keep it up and she's going to fucking do it, you fucking hoe, is basically what she says. And min- I'm mincing words. <laughs> <laughs> And fucking Gabby, esta perra, she gets up to leave and she even turns around and is like, and what? What, you're going to try something right now? Oh, okay. And then she keeps going. Did you see that? Oh, the sassy no. turn she did? Of course. <laughs> I was like, damn, fucking Gabriela. Oh, man. So now la Gabi va a los gemelos. She goes to the twins who've been chilling on the staircase since the beginning of this whole time. They've just been standing there at the staircase. Ilagavi says that the doll wants to play with them. So one of the twins, I think it's Jaimito, he comes mm-hmm. down the stairs with a toy car and he starts rolling it around the ground. But now we see that Tio Fernando, who has been driving this whole time back from the hospital to grab his kids, has lost control of his car because now the person in charge of the control is Jaimito with his toy car. Spells. Spells. We get a bunch of eyes, a bunch of prings all over the place. El pobre Fernando is trying really hard not to hit cars because he's swerving everywhere, narrowly missing everybody. Y de repente la Gabby puts her foot in front of the toy car, stopping it. And at the same time, on the road, the car stops as well. Pero la Gabby, she turns to the twin and she's like, Ella quiere que los queme. She wants oh. to burn him. Okay. And then she turns to fucking la pobre Paulina, who's been wailing this whole time. Y después de mi papá, serás tú. Saying, basically, after I fucking burn my dad alive in his car, I'm fucking killing you, homie. Paulina continues to have a conniption. For a second, I was like, because I had completely forgotten that he got sucked oh, up right. in the mirror. Yeah, so Julio's yeah. in the mirror, BT dubs. So the twin gives his car to Gabi. La Gabi heads over to the fireplace. In a brief moment of clarity, La Paulina remembers what Julio said when he was holding on in his Peter Pan stance. El medallón es nuestra única esperanza. And she runs over to grab it over from the floor. And Gabby is hovering the car over the flames of the fucking fireplace. And over in the road, El Pobre Tio Fernando, his car is filling up with smoke. And of course, he is screaming the most awkward word you could always scream. Auxilio! (laughs) Auxilio! (laughs) So Paulina's like, no! Otra gritadera. And Gabby sees... (laughs) That Paulina has the medallion in her hand. And Gabi turns and says, No lo hagas, maldita. And I was like, Damn, this oh. fucking kid. Wow. 
But Paulina gets up. She takes the doll from her. She shoves Gabby across the room, which I was I like, mean, Mira, ¿y por qué no hiciste esto en el fucking first time? She is a little yep. girl. You could have kicked her in the shin and she would have been down for the count. Listen, I you d don't touch your kids, whatever, everything. Yeah, but this is a possessed child. Yeah. This is a possessed child. Shit must be taken care of. Let's Shove get this shit kid. done. Shove that kid. Grab that doll. Do whatever you need to do. Shove him. Yes. <laughs> so, so when Paulina shoves La Pobre Gabi, the car falls out of her hand, saving Fernando on the road. And he immediately steps on the gas and keeps going to the house. Let's go. Let's go, homie. Back in the house, La Paulina holds up the medallion and she grabs that doll and she puts the medallion up against the doll and starts screaming. Aah! The lightning is filling this room. It's just like flashes of light and light and light. And finally, she throws the doll into the fireplace. And that doll starts legit like spitting like it's a fucking what is it called a, a flamethrower flame out of that fucking I was fireplace nervous for these actors so i wrote down i'm scared for these actors because la pobre paulina is like jumps out of the way when she throws a doll into the fireplace she lands close to la gabi who are both on the floor and like the actress Balls Gabriela has to like put her body over this small child because it's still the child right by this insane fire show. Yes. Not only has she had to carry snakes on her shoulders, spiders in her hands, ratas and all sorts of shit. Now it's fireballs. Huge. That scared me Fucking more. Great balls of fire. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> great Dude. balls of fire. De repente, crash out flies Julio from the fucking mirror. Because I guess sure. putting that doll in the flames made things better. So he runs Welcome over back, to, sir. thank you. Welcome back, Pedrito <laughs> Fernandez. He runs over to Paulina, who is hovered over the children, trying to save them from the fireballs. And he's like, a ver, vamonos, but let's get the fuck out of here. And Paulina says, we're missing fucking Pedrito, who's still upstairs on the landing of the staircase, just watching this whole time. Just watching. Yeah, you would think the spell would be broken at this point that he would be able to do shit. Pero no, I'm just going to stay up here. And even then, when everything starts to burst into flames, instead of running down the stairs, he runs into his room. So further into the house. Why not, Pedrito? So Julio's like, a ver, salganse de aquí, la Paulina, la Gabi y el Jaime. And he's like, I'll go up there and I'll get Pedrito. Great. Outside, Paulina and Gabi and Jaimito make it out and they see Tio Fernando arrive. Tio! 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 I was like, Gritadera. puta mierda, solo grito. Inside, the flames <laughs> are engulfing the house. Julio, mira, it seems as though that is actually Pedro Fernandez in this room of fire. I was worried for his hair that <laughs> yes. hairsprayed oh. mop of curly hair are you kidding me that shit would be gone in seconds down to the scalp Ooh. down to the scalp yeah 
So Julio is trying to go, get up the stairs through this house of fire. Outside, Fernando is trying to get in the house, but it turns out it locked itself up again, so he can't. Julio makes it up the stairs into the twins' room. He's like, Paulito, Paulito. And Paulito in the corner is like, aquí estoy. I was like, you stupid uh, bitch, Paulito. How dare uh, you? Paulito or Pedrito? Pedrito. Pablito, no importa. El chaval. Whatever. El kid. <laughs> so he grabs the fucking twin. He flings him out of the window. Did you see how <laughs> fucking close that kid was to landing on his fucking head, bro? Yeah, dude. He landed hard. He, that, that kid landed hard. Mira, si el tío Fernando wasn't, if he was one centimeter, yep. he, that kid, his skull would be on the ground. It was crazy. It. Yes. So he flings that kid out the window. Fernando catches him. And instead of fucking Julio jumping out of the window, a big burst of flames comes up. So he can't. So he's got to go back through this house of fire. And uh, down he goes. And then the house just starts exploding. Like sections of the house just start bursting into full on fireball explosions. And... Afuera, la Paulina está behind a bush con la Gaby y el otro gemelo todavía gritando, tío, tío, tío. When the house starts to explode, which Julio is still inside of, she's like, Julio, 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 Julio. Finally, the Fernando is back with Jaimito, los chavalos, todo el mundo. They're looking at the house, seeing it burn down when they see in the doorway. Julio is safe. Thank goodness. Because, you know, hair intact, hair intact. We can't kill Pedrito Fernandez. How dare you? We wouldn't dream of it. La Paulina runs to him. They hug as they slowly walk away from the house. Some time has passed. And we see outside of the Casa de Campo that there is a se vende sign in front of it. So they're trying to sell this house. Okay. A real estate dude is showing the house to a new family, a husband played by René Cardona III, and a wife and two little twin girls. And as they're looking around the house, they decide to go deeper into another room when one of the twin girls is left behind in the living room alone. She walks over to the corner, and who happens to be there? Pero la muñeca, fully intact. Her eyes do one final move, bring, freeze frame, with a final intertitle that says, A mi abuelo René, René Cardona III. Fin de la película. Nice. Why she is still intact, I don't know. I have no fucking clue. The power of the power witch. Power of la bruja, I guess. Sure. Great. Well, nicely job. Nicely job. Nicely, nicely jobbed. Job. To both of us, let's get into some trivia. Let's do it. (laughs) So let's talk about Julio Mendes Aleman. This is from Wikipedia. Julio Aleman played El Tío Fernando. Mm -hmm. He was born November 29th, 1933. November 29th is Sagittarius. Sagittarius. I looked it up just to be sure because I had no clue. Good call. Unfortunately, he did die April 11th of 2012. So he was a look. All of these actors are like go to their IMDb and it's just like this and 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 this fucking telenovela to the max. Yeah. God damn. 
So Aleman was born in Morelia, Michoacán, and after studying to be an agronomical engineer, he turned to show business. Whoa, ag agronomical. Yeah, right? His first film was El Sarco in 1957. I don't know that film, unfortunately, but I, this, this did ring a bell. During the late 1960s and early 1970s, he was the MC of the Mexican version of the, of the Italian children's puppet show Topo Gigio. Oh, my God. Familiar, no right? way. Yeah. Do you Very know what? Cool. Uh, so I'm <laughs> not to interrupt you. No, please. I am. Um... I'm currently doing a Duolingo Italian because I'm going right. to Italy later this year with my mm -hmm. tia. And I learned recently that topo means mouse. And I always thought topo gigio because topo gigio was huge in Latin America, even though it was an Italian fucking thing. Huge thing. Uh, in Brazil, too, I remember watching topo gigio and being like, this fucking weird mouse. And I never realized that topo meant mouse. So this is basically mm -hmm. the mouse. Like his name is just Gijo. So yeah, so he was the MC for the the wow. Mexican version of that, which is very cool, huge. It says here, Aleman appeared in more than 151 films and 151 films. That's crazy. And he was elected for a period chairman of the Mexican Actors Union, the Asociación Nacional de Actores. In Mexico. So nice. that's pretty cool. Let's talk about Nuria Bajes. I also found this on Wikipedia. She was born December 23rd, 1950. So she is a Capricorn. She's a Mexican actress, better known her for her work in television and the stage. And again, check her IMDb because it is just like, I've done this and 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 fucking this. Like all this shit. Active in Mexican television since the early 80s, Bajes became a household name after winning the role of Silvina in the long-running sitcom Dr. Candido Perez opposite Jorge Ortiz de Pinedo with the married Pinedo. Pinedo? It says Pinedo. She had a long and tumultuous sentimental relationship that ended after the show went off the air. So it seems uh -oh. there was some dramatics. In 1993, she resumed her career in telenovelas, playing Maria Inés in Los Parientes Pobres, and has remained active since. Like, she is still performing, this woman. So, Go for it, nice lady. work. You were super sassy as Tia Lorena in this movie. All right. Let's talk about Jose Martín Cuevas Cobos, or mo more commonly known as Pedro Fernández. So he was born September 28th, 1969. He is a Libra. Mm -hmm. He's a Mexican singer, songwriter, actor, and television host. Fernandez began his international career as Pedrito Fernandez at the age of seven, which is just crazy. Seven. Nuts. Fernandez has recorded 39 albums, acted in seven soap operas, and 25 films. He has won four Latin Grammy Awards. His stage name is composed of the names of two of his favorite singers, Pedro Infante and Vicente Fernández. Mm. His first album, La de la Mochila Azul, named after the single, was released in 1978. And his starring role in the film La Niña de la Mochila Azul, which means the girl with the blue backpack, was released in 79 and led to a lifetime career of music and film and the latest thing that I saw 
was that in 2021, Fernandez took the lead role as the title character in Malverde, El Santo Patron, an American biographical drama television series based on the life of the Mexican bandit Jesus Malverde, produced by Telemundo Global Studios. And I looked up a picture and it's him like still looking good. Yeah. You know, just an older dude now, you know, on the cover of this fucking poster for the show. So nice job, dude. Way to what go. a star. Let's talk briefly about Carlos East. He played the Inquisidor, the Beardo from the top. And uh, so his kids were the twins in Nepotism. this movie. Nepotism. The stellar, <laughs> yes, nepotism, the stellar performances of the kids. So it says here that Carlos East was born on September 22nd, 1942. He is a Virgo in Orizaba, Veracruz, Mexico. And just by the way, he played Mr. Madison in Tintorera. I don't remember who the hell Mr. Madison was, but basically, welcome back to Uy Que Horror, Carlos East. Really? He was in Tintorera. The, I think Mr. Madison might have been the husband of one of the women that that beautiful speedoed man, Andres Garcia, I believe is his uh -huh. name, slept with at one point. Remember that woman's like, I'll be right there, honey. See? There was like, a, she's married to, yeah, to yeah, an yeah, old yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could be wrong, that but I think that about right. might be him. Cool. Yeah. Okay, let's talk briefly about René Cardona III. This is from IMDb. He was born in 1962 in Mexico City. He was a director and actor. Unfortunately, he did die May 16th of 2021 in Tijuana. Like you said, he's the grandson of René Cardona, son of director René Cardona Jr. And uh, so this movie was produced by Galindo, like Grupo Galindo, mm -hmm. which I was like, what is the connection here? I looked up I will all tell these freaking... Oh, I'm so glad that you found something. The only thing that I could find was that... Carlos Valdemar, who I believe have, has a writing credit on this film, he worked on Ladrones de Tumbas. Oh, so which I was we like, covered. Fun. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, there's a connection there, but I'm so glad that you have found something that you will talk about in your trivia. Yes. Fab. Last but not least, let's talk about this. This is from CineOculto.com and says, Vacaciones de Terror, la obra de culto mexicana tendrá un remake. This was written in July of 2018, so not quite sure what's going on. Mm. It was written by Israel Yerena. So it says here, Rodolfo Galindo, who, by the way, was the executive producer of Don't Panic, mm -hmm. will be in charge of directing the remake of this extraordinary Mexican film, Vacaciones de Terror, which will feature Salvador Cervoni, Maneli Cepeda, and Alejandra Avalos. So this was put through Google Translate, so it's like a little funky, but here we go. In addition, although there is no, no more information it is said that the next film of this cursed muñeca, which it says here in parentheses, which could be Annabelle's abuela, <laughs> will be filmed in an hacienda whose existence dates from the, what is that, 17th century, located in Tochatlaco, Hidalgo. Apparently, it's going to go directly to streaming platforms. So take into account that its recordings will start at the end of August and it could be seen in 2019. I, did, I haven't heard anything about this, but me it neither. sounds to me like things were postponed. Maybe some pandemic stuff got in the way, but maybe this is still in the works. Who knows? Well, there is a sequel to 
this movie. Yes. So with freaking with Pedro, uh, Pedro Fernandez, yeah, Pedro Fernandez, which we should absolutely we watch and absolutely cover at do. some point. Yeah. Yeah. How could we not? And so. Oh, absolutely. So in this, you know, article, you know, there's a remake coming out. But what I found hilarious was that the, at the end of the article, they found like a bunch of memes like the doll from this movie has become super, super popular in meme form. So it's like that makes sense to take a look at all these memes. So if you want to check it out and see No Oculto, it's hilarious. It's basically like, you know, it shows Annabelle like I'm the baddest bitch. And then they, it shows like uh, Como se llama from uh, Chucky. What's her name? God damn Hola, it. Tiffany. Tiffany. Yeah, Tiffany from Chucky. But then at the bottom, it's this doll being like, excuse me, excuse me. Y'all don't me. know. Y'all don't know. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. That is very and funny. that is my trivia for today. Fantastic. Let's quickly just give you some info on El Tri. El Tri is a Mexican rock band from Mexico City fronted by Alex Lora. It is a spinoff of Three Souls in My Mind which was formed in 1968. The group is regarded as influential in the development of Mexican rock music. Over the years, El Tri's sound has touched on several different styles, including rock, psychedelic rock, hard rock, acoustic rock, blues rock, and blues. The group has enjoyed moderate success, uh, uh, garnering numerous gold-certified albums in Mexico. Very rude. Now, this is what will tie into our movie. As rock in Mexico was originally seen as inauthentic when sung in Spanish, Three Souls, the original name of this band of El Tri, mostly sang covers of American rock and blues songs in English. However, at the Festival de Avándaro, often called Mexico's Woodstock, they crossed mm. over singing first in English and then in Spanish. And from then on, they they recorded primarily in Spanish, writing most of their own songs. When asked why they switched to Spanish, Lora replied that it was important for the audience to understand the messages of the songs. While Three Souls had a popular following among the younger generation while singing in English, changing attitudes towards rock pushed the band to perform in the, quote, Oyos Funkies. (laughs) where the lower classes held semi-chaotic rock shows singing in his original language and for a new energetic young and discontented audience lora's song began reflecting more of the reality of the daily lives of average mexicans and that and in 1985 that's when uh three souls uh split into Continuing Three Souls, which is now known as T-S-I-M-M, Sim, and then also El Tri. And and that's when Alex Lora became the lead guy. So that's a little bit about El Tri. Again, like we said earlier, listen to Rock en Español. It's so good. So let's talk about Festival Rocky Ruedas de Avándaro, just to know what the hell uh, sweet Pedrito Fernández was talking about at the beginning. El Festival de Rock y Ruedas de Avándaro was a historic Mexican rock festival held on September 11th through the 12th in 1971 on the shores of Lake Avándaro, Avándaro near the Avándaro Golf Club in a hamlet called Tenantongo near the town of Valle de Bravo in central state of Mexico. 
the festival organized by brothers Eduardo y Alfonso Lopez Negrete took place at the height of La Onda and celebrated life, youth, ecology, music, peace, and free love. And La Onda oh. is an artistic movement created in Mexico by artists and intu- intellectuals as part of the worldwide waves of counterculture in the 60s. So we've talked about before how, like, Mexico had a really hard time in the 60s with, like, the free love movement and people trying to be like, yeah. I'm cool and free, and everyone being like, well, remember, we're a Catholic country and all this other shit. It has been compared to the American Woodstock Festival for its psychedelic music, counterculture imagery and artwork, and open drug use. A milestone in the history of Mexican rock music, the festival has drawn anywhere from an estimated 100,000 to 500,000 concert goers. So that's kind of wow. cool. Let's talk about the East Twins. So the East Twins who are Carlos y Ernesto East. I found one of the twins has a more, a stronger uh, biography, which I'm going to go with that. And then you can, they work together now. So take with it what it, what with, take from it what you will. (laughs) (laughs) So Carlos East was bit by the acting bug Almost at conception, his father, Carlos East Sr., was an actor of stage, television, and film, sharing screen credits with the likes of Lana Turner, Boris Karloff, and Carl Malden. Carlos East began his career alongside his identical twin brother, Ernesto, in his native Mexico at the tender age of two. And by the age of 13, he had participated in more than 10 different films. In 1999, he was selected from thousands of hopefuls to take part in one of the most renowned acting schools in in Mexico, El Cefac, Centro de Formación Actoral de México. He has since appeared as part of the lead cast in a number of successful telenovelas, El Amor No Es Como Lo Pintan, Como en el Cine, La Hija del Jardinero, and Tierra de Pasiones. Oh, my. Along with his love of acting, Carlos shares a passion for art. He designs collectible and limited edition toy art. East has developed and designed art campaigns for many prestigious labels such as Bacardi, Vans, Kid Robot, and Nike. For his next project, he will donate art to the Amigos Together for Kids, an organization that assists abused and abandoned children This multi-talented young man, a cross between a Leonardo DiCaprio and a young Jude Law. Okay. Oh, boy. Who wrote this? Did Carlos write this? I think he did. Uh, (laughs) Has set his sights on Hollywood and is ready to take on the silver screen. Well, I mean, good for him. Sounds like he's doing some good stuff. I think so. Um, But while he's on his way to the silver screen... Carlos and Ernesto have a company together called the Beast Brothers, where they basically design uh, toy art, like the like what it said in his bio uh, in the in their Instagram, which is called the Beast Brothers. Their little bio says, "We are twins that make things. We are the Beast Brothers." For commissions, email us at beastbros at gmail dot com, and. Uh, it's like cute little like toy art, basically, like pieces that are actually kind of cool. There's some Disney related mm. stuff here, uh, very much 
shit you would see at Comic-Con kind of shit, you know, like nice. little muñequitos for like collect collectibles is the term I would give. So that's a little bit on uh, Carlos and, and Ernesto East. So you were saying that Pedrito Fernandez, he was in the movie La Niña de la Mochila Azul, which was directed by Ruben Galindo, who is the father of Ruben Galindo Jr., and wow. this whole family, like these director families have a lot of connections and together. And one of the producers of this film, like you said, from the Galindo group is uh, producer Santiago Galindo. Now, Galindo is primo hermano. So he's first cousins with Ruben Galindo Jr. Ruben Galindo Sr. is his uncle. Mm-hmm. Cool. Now, trigger warning, apologies, everybody, uh, but not good news here about Santiago Galindo. Uh, This is an article from Billboard.com. Mexican TV producer Santiago Galindo, known for musical productions, found dead. This article Mm. was written by Leila Cobo from uh, July 11th, 2018. Santiago Galindo, an established and respected producer at Televisa, who helmed a slew of successful shows, including entertainment blockbusters, Pequeños Gigantes and Bailando por un Sueño. I don't know if you remember, but when we did Don't Panic, we talked about how Ruben Galindo Jr. You produced a bunch of like these um, American, uh, what is it? American Idol style shows. Uh, yeah. And he yeah. was he was like the creator of these things. So him and uh, Santiago Galindo produced these things together. And so Santiago Galindo here has died. And according to published reports, Galindo was found dead inside of his car Wednesday morning of an apparent suicide, although no formal cause of death has been provided by authorities. I later found out that he, trigger warning everybody, shot himself in the mouth. Um, oh, God. Galindo worked for years alongside his cousin, Ruben Galindo Jr., in conceiving and producing some of Spanish language television's most successful formats and shows, many of them music centric. Most recently, he and Ruben Galindo had produced Hoy Voy a Cambiar, a mini series based on the life of Mexican singer Lupita del- D'Alessio. News of Galindo's death was greeted with shock and consternation by the Mexican and Latin American entertainment community, with the producer becoming a trending topic on Twitter. Uh, a lot of, and so they show a lot of like tweets of people um, paying their respects to sweet to Santiago. Galindo's very long line of credits began in film. Early in his career, he produced the horror film Vacaciones de Terror starring Ranchero star Pedrito Fernandez, and later he helmed the Gloria Trevi movies Pelo, Pelo Suelto y Zapatos Viejos. Those are two wow. different movies, Pelo Suelto and Zapatos Viejos. Trevi, in fact, was one of many Mexican celebrities who posted heartfelt condolences online after Galindo's death. So saddened to learn of the death of my friend, director, and producer Santiago Galindo, Thankful to him for the time and faith he gave me. So I found another article that said that the reason that is speculated that he committed suicide is that him and Ruben Galindo had a fallout. 
and uh, mm. that things weren't going well with him since their fallout. And that's probably a big factor of what contributed to his suicide. Uh, oh, that's so upsetting. Yeah, very sad. May he rest. Um, and finally, my last little piece of trivia, it's a little less dark and sad, is what is an arc shot? So I found an article called studiobinder.com. The arc shot examples and camera movements explained by Kyle de Guzman on May 23rd, 2021. It is fundamental knowledge that moving the camera closer or further from a subject has innate storytelling effects. But what happens when a filmmaker simply moves the camera around a subject? This is the arc shot. It commonly appears on the big screen as the hero shot. The arc shot in film, also called a 360 degrees shot or 360 tracking shot, orbits the camera around a subject in an arc pattern. In an arc shot, the subject is usually stagnant while the camera circles them in an in at least a semicircle pattern. The term arc derives from mathematics, meaning a segment of a complete circumference. This segment in the shot is the orbital path of the camera. So basically, this shot is used to centralize the audience's focus. And um, it's usually done using a curved dolly or a steady cam and uh it's often used to make sure that the audience remains focused on the subject which is with a constantly changing perspective so uh, some common examples are in the avengers when they finally avenge for the first time and you see the whole crew in a circle and the camera pans all around them as they're like doing their Avenger pose or in bad boys when they finally are like, yes, we're going to fucking fight together. It's me, Martin Lawrence and me, Will Smith. Right. And the camera is turning all around. Michael Bay loves a fucking arc shot. <laughs> um, so it says here by ramping up the speed of a 360 degree shot, filmmakers can portray the frantic mindset of a character, which is, I think, the purpose of why we use the shot in this film. Of Paulina, because yes. that wasn't very, like, heroic. No, no, I no. <laughs> it's so it, <laughs> one of the versions that can be used is, I'm feeling crazy, and uh, let's yep. circle around you a whole bunch. Uh, and so that is the end of what I have for you for the arc shot and what I have for you for trivia. I love it. You want to answer some questions for me? Hell yeah. Eileen, were you scared? Not really. I mean, no. As much as I dislike a doll, I wasn't like, oh, I can't sleep tonight kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same. I wasn't scared, unfortunately. What was your best scare? When the eggs <laughs> broke, I <laughs> fully jumped like up into the ceiling. But I will say to very randomly, the first moment when they're all having dinner and the lights, they have said so much like this house has no lights. This house has no power. This house has nothing. And the lights suddenly turn on. I was like, if that fucking happened in a place that I was at, I would leave. I would go. Oh, that would be the, this house. The moment I this do house it. is, it's listening and it's alive. Yeah. Goodbye. No, no yeah. way. And you? 
My best scare, I mean, I literally just said this movie didn't scare me, but this really gave me the creeps was when Paulina is like trying to get Gabby. She's like, it's time for bed. And Gabby uh-huh. is looking outside and she sees the bruja hanging from the tree. I was like, oh, that gave me the heebie-jeebies yeah. for sure. So that's going to take it for me. Who was your favorite character? I mean, I got to give it to fucking Julio. He's so charming. He's so I like them both. I liked Julio and um and Paulina a bunch. I thought they did a good job together. But man, that man is charming. Man, that dude, I'm just like, yeah, my guy, you're you're it. So I'm gonna give it to fucking Julio. Iwo? I also gave it to Julio and Paulina. I thought they were cute as a couple together. They both did a great job. I mean, Paulina got real shrieky at the at end, the but end. I still like I enjoyed her presence. You yeah. know, I thought she was she was great. They were both they were both great and they basically saved the day totally. for the most part. So so thanks, you two. Thanks, gang. What was your best line? Ooh, I mean, there's so fucking many. Uh Uy, parece la casa de los sustos. Está horrenda. Aquí sí me huele a fantasma, eh? <laughs> Fucking, uh, me choca dormir con este. My God, that <laughs> fucking line. Espérate. And I have one more. I think this, this one might be it for me. A mí me caen gordo los hombres. <laughs> Get it tattooed. <laughs> A mí me caen gordo los hombres. I mean, it's such a great line. Like, oh, fucking men, am I right? Like, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Evil. Fucking G- Gabby is so sassy. I have two. First is Nicasio's line. El poder de su energía ha terminado por completo con las negras leyendas de los adoradores de la noche, which I just loved. Very nice. And also Julio saying, pues aquí si me, si me huele a fantasma. I just loved that so line good. so much. It smells like ghosts So ridiculous. Here. <laughs> smells like ghosts. Smells like ghosts. Ufa. What was your best death? There, I guess the witch at the beginning. That's what I said. I think that's the only that's one we've the got. the only death we have. Yeah. So Great. the bruja, La bruja will gets take it. it. That's it. Did you learn anything about the culture? Um. Yes, I learned. I mean, the fact that fucking Julio is like, Valle de Bravo, let's fucking go. That's where Rock was. That's like, basically he's saying, Woodstock was there. Like if it, if we were Mexican and knew the history of Mexico, hearing that phrase, we'd be like, "Yeah, totally." And so, mm-hmm. even though we, I had to find out what it was, I learned from it. So yes, I did learn from the culture. You? Will? I said the same thing. You know, I mean, I learned more about Pedro Fernandez, even though I knew a yeah. little bit about him. I learned about Valle de Bravo, and I fucking saw that cooked cow head that i was like all right cow head tacos sure maybe one day maybe i'll try it so yes i learned yeah about the culture and finally how many ooies do you give this movie i'm gonna give this movie three and a half uh it's really fun it's really 80s it's like perfect 80s cheesy horror movie there's like mm, mm-hmm. there's good practical effects that 
aren't really good, but like when you watch them, you're like, yeah, sure. The wall's bleeding from a weird, like one single mm-hmm. line that is just like push. That was cool. Yeah. The bleeding room. Cool. Are we going to put our actors so close to fire that they might fucking burn their clothes and hair off? Sure. But that's what we do in the eighties, bitch. So mm-hmm. I kind of love this, like, haphazard we're fucking making a movie situation and we're gonna blow cement up two centimeters away from people's faces and just hope for the best so uh, yeah so you signed a waiver yeah exactly so three and a half because we get stars we get a spooky doll and like you can tell that this is a cult film for a reason and i think that's great totally so three and a half for me you nice i give it three I was really, really excited for this movie, and I'd say it definitely delivered, but I was a little bit, I don't know. I think it's maybe because we've seen some, like, just some of the 80s stuff we've seen from Mexico, like Ladrones de Tumbas, Don't Panic, have have just, like, delivered. And maybe I was just, I was hoping for a little bit more gore effects like we've gotten before, like those great practical effects. And we didn't really get that so much in this movie. And there was so much yelling, shrieking, <laughs> like from the boys, from Gabby, from La, La Paulina, that I was like, oh, my God. But I enjoyed myself. Stars on stars on stars. Fun, spooky times. It's a classic. Yeah. So. Three ooies. Ooy, ooy, ooy. And that's that. Hey, we did it. Let's get out of this fucking Casa de Campo. Our 100th episode. 100 episodes. Wow. Uh, thank you Crazy. so much for being here with us 100 different times. We hope you've watched all these movies. We hope you laughed, you cried, you were grossed Shrieked. out, were shrieking, were screaming, were haunted, were chilled, were thrilled. It smells uh, of ghosts. All of it. We hope every single <laughs> movie we brought to you made you feel something whether it was good bad or ugly it doesn't matter as long as you're feeling it it's what we're here for so thank you for being with us on this ride and we got so much more to go so keep on riding hell yeah thanks everybody yes please remember to subscribe rate and review if you've been with us for a hundred i'm sure you have already but let your friends know. Let anybody know, especially now that we're getting into spooky season. We're going to try and bring you some good top of the mm. top of the notch, top notch stuff. Top of the notch. <laughs> top of the notch stuff. Uh, follow us on our redes sociales. Every Friday, we tell you what movie we're going to cover on the following Monday. So you got to follow us to see what's up. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Wikiorror. And uh, if you have any movies that you want us to watch, please send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro for giving us a platform for 100 episodes to be held in. We thank you so much. You're the best mom and dad that we can find. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you can follow Sonoro on their uh, redes sociales at Sonoro Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. Johnny, you're the only fucking person I ever want to fucking do things with. I got a tattoo in in commemoration of our 100th episode and soon enough our second year. It's two ghosts. One ghost is leaning her little head on the other tall, lanky ghost. And uh, 
We are adorable ghosts together, and I'm so happy and proud to do this show with you. Same here. I cannot wait till we can show that tattoo to everybody. Yeah, everybody. We'll show you my tattoo in a little bit. It is fucking adorable. We are fucking adorable. We are fucking adorable, (laughs) and I really fucking love you, dude. I fucking love you, too. We did it. We're doing it. it. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios. Uy, qué horror. Es una producción de Sonoro. Produced by Jonathan Atkinson and Eileen Clark. Edición y mezcla, Karina Riverol. Escuche Uy, qué horror en cualquier plataforma donde escuchen podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review. Adiós. Adiós. Sonoro. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.